Well, hello, and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Any regular listener will not be surprised to uh, hear, I suppose, that I've been particularly excited in the last week uh, with the release of the Martin Scorsese uh, documentary, um, The Rolling Thunder Review. Uh, the Rolling Thunder Review, if you're not a big Bob Dylan fan, and I suppose there may be some people out there who aren't, um, was a tour in 1976 that Dylan undertook um, with a group of kind of like-minded souls and musicians. Um, it was a particularly chaotic um, tour in which Bob Dylan drove the bus. A film came out of that tour called Ronaldo and Clara, which is pretty much unwatchable, although I have watched it. Um, and it was a time when Dylan was in his early uh, early 30s, I should say, rather than 1930s. He was in his early 30s and was really at the peak of his powers musically um, from a writing perspective um, and certainly from a performance perspective. It's interesting looking back on it now, just how, um, I suppose, contemporary um, the presentation of the music feels. Anyway, um, you may not be interested in Dylan, so you may not be interested in anything I've just said. However, why am I talking about it? Well, primarily because Scorsese is an, is an absolute master of his art, and of course so is Bob Dylan. Um, but with the film, what I found was really interesting was how Scorsese completely kind of deconstructs the ideas of documentary filmmaking and narrative and how he plays with both the idea of our understanding of what is real and what is fake what is staged and what is true what is documentary in its truest sense and uh, what then becomes uh, a viewpoint that is placed over that narrative with the benefit of hindsight all kind of, I suppose, approaches um, which have raised a number of issues and conversations within the still image over the previous years, particularly dealing with documentary photography about what is real and, and, and what is staged. There have been a number of photographers who have been called out about this and a number of competitions found themselves in a difficult um, situation. I even saw something in the last week about... Um, I think it was a wildlife photography competition whereby um, an issue had, had come up because the elephant's ears had been so obviously photoshopped and therefore um, was that within the realms of the competition. But I slightly digress there because although that is, I think, some, some relevant points uh, to pick up from that, and if you are in any way interested in documentary narrative, working with archival material or the moving image, um, I really recommend that Scorsese documentary. It's currently available on Netflix. But what it also brought to my mind was that reality of photography in that photography has never sat um, apart from the other arts to me. Um, and I'm always looking for influences and inspiration from other areas, whether that be dance or music or poetry, um, filmmaking, obviously, sculpture, painting, all of these things, all of the creative industries, the creative arts can feed in to photography. And of course, most importantly, our lives feed in to our photography. In essence, 
as I often say, the camera is, is an opportunity for us to document our passions and our lives. It's, it's the camera is the documentation tool. We provide the, the background, the history, the knowledge. I say it would seem strange to me to ever consider that photography didn't sit within the other arts and that we shouldn't be looking for those inspirations from, out, from outside. And certainly watching the Scorsese film, it really uh, sparked my enthusiasm again for the uh, film I'm currently making. And it made me sort of literally just want to chuck everything uh, away and start again and throw away the rules. And I guess that's really where this week is coming from with this kind of thought pattern is that idea of not being constrained by the rules. I think it's really important to know the rules if there are rules. By breaking the rules without knowing that they exist, there's an argument to say that we're slightly out of control in in the what we're doing. We don't we're relying on that idea of, of going from the gut instinct purely. To understand the rules and then to break the rules brings a certain amount of understanding of where we're going and how we're going, which I think then allows us consistency in that as we develop what we're doing, as we grow our creativity, as we continue to work, it's based on a place of, of knowing. A good few years ago, I used to um, train up, I suppose would be the correct word, um, art directors and there there are certain rules um which i used to lay down and I, and I used to say look these are the rules it's really important to understand these rules but once you know them break them i was at a party a christmas party um a while later and one of the people whom i'd mentored and trained came running up to me very excited that um, she'd been given a very prestigious creative director's role within a, a large publishing company and wanted to thank me for my, my, my input, I suppose. She did this by saying, I've never forgotten the rules and I implement them every day. Unfortunately, of course, she'd missed the point. What I'd wanted her to do was to break them. I've mentioned previously in this podcast that I used to um, co-present uh, another podcast about a good eight or nine years ago um, when I was editing Professional Photographer magazine. It was quite a raucous podcast and went on for nearly an hour. Um, not something that um, I feel I'd want to do now or actually listen to myself. However, the last person, the last guest we had on that is today's guest telling us what photography means to him. Uh, Chris Floyd is a British photographer born in Welland Garden City in Hertfordshire. Um, he started taking photographs when he was 14 and moved to London in 1990 to pursue a career in photography, having completed a BTEC photography course. As a young photographer, he took photographs of The Orb, a band uh, which appeared in the music magazine Select. In 1994, he started working for Loaded magazine, as well as The Face and Dazed and Confused, as his photography became, uh, began to become strongly associated with the era of Britpop. 
Um, Chris then went off to New York and he, he to work before returning back to London. And uh, he was known and is known chiefly for his celebrity portrait and reportage, although he also works creating short films. A tie-in, perhaps, to what we were talking about earlier there with the Scorsese. His photographic work has been published in Sunday Times, New York Times, uh, Esquire, Vogue, Vanity Fair, New Yorkers, um, sorry, The New Yorker, Harper's, Bazaar, GQ, Wallpaper. And he was selected for the National Portrait Gallery, Taylor Wessing uh, Portrait Prize in 2008 and in 2013. In 2011, he exhibited and self-published his series of 140 portraits of Twitter users titled 140 Characters. Chris has also photographed advertising campaigns for international brands such as Apple, British Airways, Sony and Philips. And as a director, he's produced uh, moving image work for companies such as Avis Anthropology and the fashion brand Mr. Porter. This week we hear from Chris Floyd. My name is Chris Floyd. I'm a photographer originally from London, um, but now living in the rural heartland of England. I've been a photographer for, this is my 20, 26th year um, of consecutively earning a living from specifically photography. And I'm going to just try and articulate in the next few minutes what photography means to me. Photography, I think, for me, I have a I have a, a dual relationship with it in that it has given me everything I have in my life, um, and it has opened all the doors that I wanted it to open when I first began. It's an opportunity to go places, meet people. It's a conduit, really, for or that allows me to pursue my curiosity. Um, and with a camera, you can go into places that you would never, ever get access to in any other circumstances. However, that being said, the actual act of doing photography fill, fills me with um, a terrible consuming anxiety. Um, and the, the only way I can really describe that is that it's a kind of stage fright um, the thought of going on stage and I do very much think of what I do as as a performance my my job in a way is to hold the attention of my subject uh, because if I don't hold their attention then I'm going to lose them and they're either going to mentally wander off or physically just get up and, and walk out so I feel that I have to engage them to a level where they feel compelled to stay with me um, out of their own curiosity. And, and so when I begin, on the day I, I have a shoot, I wake up often in the morning and I think, oh God, please not today. Please let it be any other day. Can, we, can I postpone this and do it tomorrow? And that, as I said, is, is the stage fright. But in the words of the great Marty Feldman, um, I dread, I, it's something like I dread the thought of having to do things, but I rather like having done things. And that's how I feel about photography. Um, I see the act of, of, of making a photograph, it's, it's a burden. And 
I, I live in permanent fear that the the next picture is going to be dreadful or awful, and and I I often think of this as a, a kind of I've got this epic landscape that I have to clamber over, and I have to wade through mud to get to the sunlit uplands on the other side. In many ways, I see it as like making music actually in my head when I'm doing a portrait of someone for instance I see it as as if I'm trying to find the right chords um, to make that the suits suits this piece and the first third say of a session will be me in my head kind of my hands are clumsily clambering over the piano keyboard trying to find the right chords and then you hit things that hit notes that just jar and I because it's all, I shoot everything more or less digitally now so I see it on a computer screen and I look at something and the, and the way it's lit or the composition or something about it just causes me to wince it, it, like a discordant note and I move on from that and then and then fumble around a bit more and then what happens hopefully is that I start to find chords that that sound harmonic and they just sound right and and then when I get to that then I think okay right now I now I can now I know what the chords are I can I can find the melody that that sits over the top of it and the, in my mind the chords really are the lighting and all the technical things and then the melody is my interaction with the subject um, and once I have that bed of chords the lighting and so on and the feel of it, it's the look, it's, to me it's the feel, it's, it's, I've often described it as a picture not sounding right, it doesn't sound right yet. But when it does sound right, then, it, then I just know it sounds right. And from there I can go on to, to kind of create the melody with the subject. And, and, and then once I get to that point, then it becomes an enjoyable process. And then I feel like I can achieve something that's worth, worth keeping. Really interesting once again there to hear the metaphor of music being used uh, in connection with photography, the audio and the and the visual, those two things coming together as they do in filmmaking, as they do in documentary filmmaking. So a tie in again there with what we were talking about at the beginning. And I have to say, um, I think just very eloquently and very honest um, uh, depiction there kind of. Uh, analysis, reflection on what photography means to Chris. Um, really great to hear that that idea. It hit a str- hit notes with me, but that idea of trying to find the picture. I often talk about that. You know, there's always that debate about taking a photograph or making a photograph. For me, it's always been finding the ph- photograph and the process of. of uh, capturing that image is that process of finding it which in itself i suppose is a process of rejection of rejecting the things that aren't working in favor of the things that are working and i, I often feel that you know what the only thing that kind of i suppose experience gives you uh, or one of the things is that that ability to make decisions as to what isn't working quickly um, I think also that the more photography you look at, the more your eye becomes trained. And perhaps also that ties in there with what Chris is saying, in that 
the more a musician plays, the more you practice on that instrument, the better you are at not only knowing what's right or wrong to your ear, but also by knowing the rules, you're able to break those rules. And it is in the breaking of those rules that a visual language um, develops. By following the rules, um, you're really kind of following the textbook and, and anyone can follow a textbook. By bring, but by bringing that personal approach, that personal understanding, and as I was saying earlier, that, that history that we all have, by bringing that um, to that moment of, of capture, I suppose, um, that's what actually makes us stand out. So, I don't know. As always, as I always say, you know, it's just kind of a riff there from me uh, on what Chris was saying. Um, maybe some of that um, kind of hits home for you also. But um, it does keep taking me back to, to these kind of themes, I suppose, which have been occurring and recurring over the last year within the podcast, um, which seems to be coming to my mind to some kind of a, a form, some kind of a structure as to how people see uh, photography, what photography means to them. And I suppose in a way it kind of comes back and and informs me as well as to kind of my constant ongoing personal discussion um, about the medium and with the medium and my own relationship to the medium. It's funny, I, somebody tweeted the other day that this podcast is not just what photography means to our contributors, but what photography means to me also. And yes, of course, that is that is an, an aspect of what this podcast means. Um, I suppose does, but I, what I always try and do is be as much of a, a kind of a reflective surface as possible of not only what I think and, and what I hear, but also um, of what I see, um, which I don't agree with, or things that I see and, and I feel the need to question. And I think that questioning and that asking of why is something that we all really need to... Um, not lose, and we, we need to retain that. Going back to that Scorsese documentary at the beginning there, I'm sure that um, everybody listening to this podcast at some point has seen a Martin Scorsese film, and you'll probably all have your favourites, whether it's Casino or Goodfellas uh, or whatever it may be. Um, but it was interesting to see that even with that incredible career behind him, or Scorsese was still able to bring something fresh to the table, which always reminds me of, of, of a phrase that the um, the photographer Terry Donovan uh, always used to say to me, which was, yeah, their pictures are all right, but what are they bringing to the party? So that's really it for this week. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's given you lots of um, things to think about. Um, thanks, as always, to everybody for the really positive and kind comments about the podcast each week. Uh, I'm enjoying doing it. I hope you're enjoying listening to it. If you are, do please leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you're listening to this on. It really does help um, if you could leave some comments or a, a star review rating or so forth. And tell your friends about it. If you've enjoyed it, please share the message. Um, one of the easiest ways to do that is through Twitter. Uh, you can follow what we do, and I suppose this 
dialogue, this debate on a, on a kind of daily basis via at UN of Photo uh, just leaves me this week to <laughs> say those things that Bob Dylan doesn't say. Take care. Thank you.